if you're, I guess, not a person that loves face-to-face interaction, social media is a fantastic place to start too. It takes the edge off for a lot of people. There's fantastic Facebook groups out there. If you're a mum, there's medical mothers groups. There's women um, in medicine groups. There's lots of business groups and finance groups that medical people are part of. So find all of those wonderful Facebook groups and social media pages as well. Hi, Dr. Nidhi Krishnan. Thank you so much for joining me on the MDA National Junior Doctor Wellbeing Podcast. Hi, Dana. Lovely to be here. I'm really, really excited to have a bit of a chat today. So you are currently a pediatric advanced trainee, uh, but you also know a lot about um, building your network through your own experience and your training journey. I just wanted to ask you why you think it is important for junior doctors to build their networks. Yeah, so I think there's two arms to this. I think there's a professional arm and a personal arm. So I think from a professional perspective, um, I've been doing a lot of kind of reading recently about the concept of transactional memory systems, um, which is basically based around the fact that you as an individual cannot know absolutely everything in your workspace Um, and you use the memory um, that is in others and your colleagues and people that might have different skills to your own to I guess build that network um, and that support system in a professional environment and it takes a little bit of that pressure off yourself to have to know everything Um, and I think it also creates an element of respect for your colleagues and what they bring to that table. Speaking from a personal perspective, I think, you know, medicine's an incredibly long, arduous journey for a lot of people. And having a support network outside of that entirely professional environment, I think is fantastic for yourself. And I think the other thing that we often don't think about is that having that support system also means you are a support person for someone else. So it's not just about yourself. And I think being able to be that person for somebody else is actually quite fulfilling and I think creates a sense of what they talk about about like eudaimonic happiness, which creating that human connection um, is an incredibly fulfilling thing for yourself as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we learn in medical school and also during medical training that social isolation is a risk factor for a lot of mental health disorders and just general lack of mental health well-being. So very much life is about relationships. So do you think that junior doctors should place more emphasis on building their network professionally first or personally, or do you think it's both equally important at the start? Yeah, I think it's really hard because in an ideal world, you'd say both because let's do everything and let's do more and let's do it all. Um, And there is an element of practicality in all of that as well. I think to some extent, I would hope that most people would have some level of a personal network from prior to their junior doctor training. So whether that was throughout medical school or high school or friends or family that you can bring into that situation. So I would hope in those early years, you're not starting from scratch with your personal network. So be aware of that. Hold on to those people. Don't let those people go. And I think in those early years, it is actually really useful to build that professional network, which is something you might be developing entirely from scratch if you're in a new hospital or a new environment with a new team you might end up putting more time into that but don't forget all the people that have come with you on that journey up until where you are 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, Nidhi, how did you go about building your network? And can you share what your journey looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I'm a very lucky person where I am probably naturally an extrovert. Um, I'm a little bit chatty. And honestly, I'm naturally quite nosy. And being naturally curious and nosy about people means you get to know people and you build a network. Um quite easily if you have that personality. I guess if you don't, some of the tips that I can give are in a professional setting, lots of workplaces have formal and informal mentorship programs. That's a really beautiful place to start. It gives you someone that you can go to that has likely been through that process to be able to guide you through the system and navigate that system. Work events are fantastic. That can be social events if you are a little bit of a social butterfly. It can be something as simple as just celebrating someone's birthday um, in the tea room and getting to know some people and taking 15 minutes out of your day to do that or it can also be professional where are there research working groups are there other committees or communities within a hospital system or a workplace that you can be a part of that might not be entirely social if that's not your thing but it gives you the opportunity to get to know some people in that space if you're I guess not maybe a person that loves face-to-face interaction social media is a fantastic place to start too it takes the edge off for a lot of people there's fantastic Facebook groups out there if you're a mum there's medical mothers groups there's women um, in medicine groups there's lots of business groups and finance groups that medical people are part of so find all of those wonderful Facebook groups and social media pages as well Yeah, those are some very good tips. And, you know, to give our listeners a bit of an idea, Nidhi and I actually know each other really well in real life. And how we ended up as friends was I just sent her a random Facebook message one day because I heard through mutual friends that she was interested in uh, something that I was interested in as well. And we just got talking. So uh, definitely a good idea to leverage social media. Absolutely. The other point I wanted to make as well, and which you did allude to earlier, which is to keep your existing support network, in particular when it comes to your personal support network. So I guess, you know, in some ways, this isn't just about building your network, but it's also about nurturing your existing network. And in medicine, we're all so busy all the time. You know, we're really time poor. Sometimes it can even feel like a massive chore to even go eat well and exercise. You know, nurturing these, um, your existing support network can also feel like a chore. But uh, I have read where someone, I actually can't remember the source of this advice, but basically it is always a good idea to think about, okay, if you haven't caught up with someone in a while and, and you definitely treasure and value that relationship, you might want to say to that person, hey, I am having you know a really busy month, but I need to go wash my car or you know run some kind of errand. Why don't you come along with me? And that way we get to still catch up or, or we can do something that we uh, have to do anyway, you know, that, that's a chore, but make it interesting and have coffee along the way. So, you know, that's something worth considering as well. You don't have to block out a specific few hours to catch up with someone if you're time poor. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, it, it makes those mundane day-to-day life tasks actually quite exciting. And then you can go do your shopping or run your errands for the day. And then you've got a friend in tow and it makes it better for you, makes it better for them. And you're making that human connection. And I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. Exactly. And so, Nudi, do you have any extra tips for junior doctors? Um, You know, I was once like that and I in some ways still feel like that, uh, who are a bit shy or intimidated by the idea of approaching colleagues, particularly ones who are more senior than them? So I think one thing that I have already alluded to is mentor programs. I think that's a fantastic way to make connections with some of your more senior colleagues. I appreciate that in some fields, it's easier to make um, those kind of support networks with your senior colleagues in the sense that if you have a single supervisor, then naturally you're reporting to that person quite frequently and slowly they become part of that support network. I think certain subspecialty training programs are also probably a little bit maybe nicer culturally than others. The important thing to remember is that even if you're not at the top of the food chain, you are part of your workplace culture and you can contribute to that in very small ways. Nothing like a simple smile, a simple how are you, active listening doesn't go astray no matter where you are in that kind of quote unquote hierarchy of the hospital system. Something I've been really trying to focus on recently in my team as I do become more senior in my training is really creating a sense of what I like to call psychological safety. And that's being um, approachable, making my entire team feel comfortable to speak up and say whatever they'd like to say. And I think that does vary depending on the system that you work in. But I think every member of a team contributes to creating that sense of psychological safety. And the last thing is, is every single person in your team, no matter whether they're the person that's been a consultant for 30 years or someone who's day one as a doctor, every single person is human and just take it back down to the basics. And everyone loves a smile. Everyone loves a chat. Everyone loves to get to know other people because that's naturally how we are as humans and focus on making that human connection. It doesn't matter what the um, label on their office door is, I suppose. And it's difficult. I appreciate it's difficult to get around that, but one step at a time. Start with the reg and then work your way up maybe. So outside of the professional and personal networks that we've just spoken about. Are there any other types of networks that we should be considering for our own well-being? Yeah, so something I recently only become quite aware of the importance of, and I'm quite passionate about it now, is I think as medical professionals and healthcare professionals, it's really important for us to have our own healthcare team. And I think not rely on our own training to inform us about our own health. Getting your own GP, I think, is a very, very important thing. Having potentially considering a psychologist as part of your healthcare team, I think is important, especially early on in your junior doctor training. Don't wait to the point where you sit there and go, I need a psychologist. Start early, start building those skills for you to implement when things might get difficult. And I know that for people who maybe haven't experienced that yet, it might sound quite silly, but I think start early. And then even simple things like go to the dentist, go to your optometrist, get your eyes checked, do all of those things. It's really simple, but it's all part of your self-care and it is part of your health network. And I think that's probably one of the support networks that we don't talk about a lot, but I think is simple for us to implement. 
Thank you so much, Nidhi, for sharing all your nuggets of wisdom and for your time. Thank you so much, Dana. It was lovely to have a chat.